it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Look at me. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not getting ready to run for the White House again in 2024. Joe Biden is, according to his handlers, and they say it's a good idea. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. 60% of American voters, as we get on the air today, 47% of Democrats, 27, 46% of Republicans, all told, do not want Biden doing it again. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Like, basically, we're being asked to take another cruise by the owners of the Titanic. That's what's going on in this country. And uh, it's going to be off the rails. It's Friday. I'm loose. I'm heading out to Jersey for three sold-out stand-up shows. It's going to be nuts. Diamond Dave Landau is going to join us today. He's on the road himself doing comedy. And Representative Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida, man who introduced the bill that would ban biological men from competing in women's sports. That was Stubby's bill. He took one look at what was going on in this country and said, That's not right. Because everyone knows, everyone knows, this goes back millions of years, that there are biological differences between men and women. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. You were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Oh, not in 2023. <laughs> you don't. Fred Rogers, I'm like, can you imagine he sang that on TV now? They'd be like, he should be behind bars. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to join me uh, here on the radio or Mr. Rogers in the jail cell for standing up for the truth. You can do one or the other. All You know, it's Friday. It's America. Do your own thing. But 888-788-9910. A audio safe space for cool people is how we characterize this show. It is America's family meeting. I am not a political activist. You are welcome regardless of your beliefs, whether or not they align with mine. That is a non-entity when it comes to the price of admission. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. All we ever ask, all we ever ask, sing along at home, is that you don't be a... Happy Friday, everybody. What a week. Got the guest host, Gutfeld, the highest rated late night show in America. By the way, we beat Michelle Obama head to head. I was on Wednesday night. Michelle Obama was on with Jimmy Fallon. Guess who won head to head in that matchup? Me or Michelle Obama? Don't be thick, all right? Yeah, because you know the answer, tough guy. Uh, so that was pretty cool for a community college uh, <laughs> attendee. I don't even know if I could say I was a graduate, but an attendee and a cab driver. I bring this up not to brag, but to remind you that anything is possible in this country. 
although it does feel like the possibilities are shrinking with the current guy in charge. I agree with that. But yeah, it's been a bang-up week. A lot of Gutfeld. Obviously, we had a wild one on Hannity last night. If you didn't see it, I'll post it on the Fox Across America Facebook page uh, tomorrow night. If you can't make it out to see me at the comedy shows in East Rutherford, I will be on Lawrence Jones Cross Country doing a live hit from the comedy club in between shows. So there's a lot of fail vision You got a lot of options if you want to hang out with your radio buddy this weekend, in person or on the old telly. But it's been a fabulous week. So thank you to everybody who was a part of it. And if you got out last night and supported Cat Timph, because after the Hannity TV hit, uh, we went over to Cat's book launch uh, over here on the west side of Manhattan. It was a real fancy, swanky, 51st floor, high-rise you know, event space overlooking the city. Like, way too nice for a dirtbag like me. But the thing Cat deserves all the credit in the world for, and Gutfeld too, because Greg was there. Our little comedy dwarf was yucking it up with me at the bar all night. It was really funny. But Cat, to her credit, kept it gangster and pulled a Trump. Do you remember when Trump invited the Clemson University football team to the White House and he got them McDonald's and fast food? Because he was like, they're college kids. They don't eat faux gras. They want you know, fancy White House food. They want fast food. And Trump gave the Clemson football team McDonald's. <laughs> Exactly. They loved it. And you know who loved McDonald's last night? Everybody who went to Cat's book launch. They went out and bought uh, 750 McDonald's cheeseburgers, 750 McDonald's fries, set them up in the catering area, and turned us loose at an open bar. It was epic. And everybody you know from Fox, everybody you watch on TV was there. It was a really funny night. So I come to you uh, in a a real loose mood. I mean, I'm always in a good mood anyway, but uh, whoo, what a fun one. But I bring up my loose mood because it kind of juxtaposes with the mood in the country right now. Okay, 85% of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Biden sucks. Think 85%. We hailed an Uber XL. Let's assume we hailed an There's 10 of us in the Uber. Eight and a half of us. One guy's not sure. But eight, eight of us think the driver is going the wrong way on the highway. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. Do you understand? Because if eight of us are convinced the driver's going the wrong way, that means the other two passengers are just as drunk as the driver. Bingo. Biden, for all intents and purposes, has not governed like our 46th president. He has absolutely positively governed like he was our last president. He knows what he's talking about. Okay. I, I Listen, I, when I saw this announcement yesterday, and it's not a full announcement, they said they're going to announce it formally on April the 25th. Although, given the condition the country's in, you might assume they would announce this on April Fool's Day. Maybe April 1st instead. <laughs> like, ah, oh, we're just kidding. Come on, we wouldn't ask you to do this again. I mean, what is the pitch? What is the pitch for four more years of a guy who's already in his late hundreds? And again, I would not have an issue with his advanced age, okay, if there wasn't an obvious cognitive issue that comes along for the ride when this guy opens up his mouth. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. OK, guys, that was in the spring of 2020. You're now telling me that man would be the commander in chief of the United States of America, the most single most important job in the world. 
eight years after that comment, eight years later. We have a president that is clearly not all there. It's not all there now. Okay, you're going to tell me with a straight face this guy has a minimum of five more years in the public eye running this country? Dude, there is no way humanly possible that this is fair to us. And you want to know something else? There's no way in hell it's fair to him. That's true. That is true. But do you want to know why they want to ride, run Biden again really quick? I'll give it to you. Oh, my goodness. I own a politics to English dictionary. Remember? That's the hook. You know, I'm not like a policy wonk, but I can tell you what's going on in the world. And I can translate it into plain English for everybody like you and me who just, you know, wants to live our life and not watch the country collapse while we're doing it. It's like, hey, <laughs> you know, like sometimes like Lincoln will be watching a different TV than me. And I can be like, hey, can you turn that down? Oh, I'm watching something else down here, whatever, you know, you turn it down. We have that right now coming from the White House. Like, hey, could you turn down the societal collapse up there? Just trying to watch the ball game down here in the living room. You did turn down the collapse of the border and the economy. <laughs> it's a little loud. Okay, that's where we are right now. Let me read you some numbers. This is fascinating. He is the least popular president to ever seek reelection according to the polls. Okay, think about that. The least popular president to ever seek reelection as an incumbent. That is correct. Okay, let me give you this. 26% of Americans overall, 26% of Americans overall want Biden to run for re-election. So the number I gave you off the top, I said it was 60. I said 60% don't want him to run. No, more. 74% of Americans don't want him running again. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. And they feel that way when they watch him open up his mouth. But the bigger issue is not that, again, his elevator doesn't go to the top floor. There is the issue of lying, brazenly gaslighting the country. He's told us what, you know, voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids. The guy who vowed to unite the country said MAGA Republicans are semi-fascist. I don't know that, you know, semi-fascist. Like there's stages of fascism. I can't believe it's not fascism. You know, that whole thing. Uh, said Georgia, if you wanted an ID to vote, that was worse than Jim Crow. That was worse than burning down houses to deny black people the right to vote. It was worse than poll taxes and literacy clauses. So the racial gaslighting has been disgusting. He took $100 million out of Atlanta, the second biggest black metropolitan area in the country. When you talk about a concentration of black people making their living, okay, Atlanta, is the second biggest concentration in the country. Biden took $100 million worth of commerce out of Atlanta, Georgia, over a lie, over a lie about voter ID. That's just how white folks will do you. Understand, he moved that $100 million to Denver, Democrat-run Denver, not run by a Republican like Brian Kemp. It's run by in Denver. And he, okay, in a city that's nine, nine, percent black, they got that $100 million worth of money. So who did Biden screw in his fraudulent attempt to look out for the black community? He screwed the black community. Insane, the racial gaslighting. But get past that, because I promised you an explanation for why he'd feel comfortable running again, despite the fact that we had the highest level of illegal border crossings in the history of this country. You know, right now, the media doesn't cover this. You know, the Biden administration and the Mayorkas hearing, I'll play you some of the clips, has lost 90,000 migrant children that have come across this border unaccompanied. Do you remember when they were crying about kids in cages 
Remember when AOC went down there and staged a photo op outside the fence? AOC is a dope. Totally. Okay, but understand, the kids in cages, which, by the way, if you just want to be clear, those cages were built in 2014 under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is those cages, and the reason they weren't cages, they're just holding areas, but the reason they were separating kids from the adults they were crossing the border with was to make sure they were with someone they should be safe with, meaning asylum seekers know their chances of getting their asylum case granted is higher if they're accompanied by a child. So what drug cartels are doing to smuggle drugs into the country is giving some of their smugglers a child to take along for the ride because he's got a better chance of getting let in. So family separation, it actually started under George W. Bush for the protection of children. It continued under Barack Obama for the protection of children. It went on under Donald Trump for the protection of children. And yes, to deter people from coming with their kids by telling them you'll be temporarily separated and then we'll relocate you with your kids. Now, to be clear, for all the crying and screaming and shutting down of the government that occurred under Donald Trump, they never failed to reunite a single kid with a legitimate family member. Never happened once. Okay? But what we're talking about now in terms of unaccompanied minors is that 90,000 kids have come across that border, been separated from the person they were with, okay, if they were with somebody, and are now kind of unaccounted for in our system because they got relocated to other cities and states around the country. They're here. Okay, we just don't know where they happen to be. Biden is such a disaster. Fentanyl, now the leading cause of adult death in the country. We were energy independent when the guy took over. Now we've declared war on our fossil fuel industry. We've outsourced production to countries that make it filthier than we do. We're 42% cleaner because of the regulation in this country when it comes to producing natural gas. We're 42% cleaner. So when we give somebody else the job, we're giving it to somebody filthier. We're actually creating more pollution in the name of climate change because we not only need them to make this dirty fuel, but then it requires more fuel just to get it back into our country in the first place. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Everything about this administration is stupid. But the reason he's running again is because he is not in charge of the show. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. People want another four years of Biden. They don't care if he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. They don't care if he keeps shaking hands with invisible men walking the wrong way when he gets off a stage. They don't care because Joe Biden isn't the president. They are. Okay, and in this instance, the they that's prioritizing all this woke garbage and all this clean energy stuff that's causing more pollution, decimating our domestic energy production and selling us out to China This is their worldview. These are the globalists. They have an iTunes user agreement of a presidency where they just come up with an idea, tell Biden to scroll to the bottom of the executive order and click I agree. Just the way when you get a new app, you don't read what the hell you've just agreed to. That's why TikTok has all your data and your keystrokes and your biometric information. That's what they do to Biden. Hey, we're going to kill the domestic energy, uh, Keystone Energy Pipeline. Wait, what? Scroll to the bottom and click I agree, old man. That's the problem. Okay, so Biden's running again, not because he's any business being near the office the first time, but because the people get to be president behind the scenes. That's what you're watching. It's not fair to us and it's not fair to him because the guy's in no condition to do this. The only thing Biden should be on TV doing by the year 2028 is offering himself up as a sleep aid. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to 
Anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. And now... Great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fit, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Five more years of that. That's not right. Oh, man. Jim is out in Kilgore, Texas. He's got a take. Yo, Jim. Hello. What's How go- you doing? What's going on in the land of barbecue and beer? Barbecue and beer. I have <laughs> not heard. I don't. I might have missed it, but I have not heard anybody talk about how Joe Biden is like the movie Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> um, they just tie ropes on his hands and move his hands. Well, and mm-hmm. you know, put him in a speedboat and drive him around. Well, <laughs> the ropes are actually there to pull him away in case he gets too close to sniffing a baby. But I get the analogy. <laughs> I do like I it. Know that. That's funny. Yeah, it'd be hard to watch another five years of this, but not just because of the shape he'd be in, the shape we'd be in. Yeah, we're getting we're getting in terrible shape. I do all, I do the uh, grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And things are really high. It ain't pretty, Jim. Uh, we're gonna work on this. I'm gonna. I have a commercial break coming up, but you're the man, and keep up the good work. And I'll have a beer with you next time I'm in town. All right, brother. Thank you, my man. Back after this. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing the Amazon Biden, the home assistant that refuses to take questions. Biden, can you tell me when your next press conference is? 
Absolutely not. And unlike the Alexa, the Biden won't share location data. Biden, where is Hunter? Come on, let's get real here. You won't have to worry about your kids plagiarizing schoolwork because the Biden doesn't retain information. Biden, what year did we kill Osama bin Laden? I don't remember that ever happening. It may look like a cheap knockoff that breaks down a lot, but the Biden is doing work you can count on. The three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. The Amazon Biden, selling out fast in Ukraine and China. (laughs) That's a good one. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Friday, reacting to the news that Joe Biden is going to run again in 2020. 24. This is ridiculous. Is it ever? I mean, my goodness. But getting past, again, like I said, the cognitive issues, whatever. Yes, he's old. I've honestly, I think the Democrats are supposed to be the party of the youth. I've seen younger faces on money. But the point is, I don't care that he's been in Washington since Washington. I care that the country's just going to hell. And the bigger issue is, yeah, there's people behind the scenes running it, but the people behind the scenes... They're crazy! Okay, no idea what they're doing. Environmental virtue signalers, that's all they're doing. That's all all climate change is, is a collection plate. Please give us money. That's all it is. The world's gonna end! Please give us money. That's all it is. That's Carly Shimkus, by the way. People always say, who is that? That's Carly Shimkus, who I did see last night at Cat Tim's book launch. Uh, the great Carly Shimkus. Uh, but let's talk about this for a second. The people running this administration are very much running it into the ground. And Biden, as the face of this whole thing, is met with the reality that 74 percent of Americans do not want him running again. That's where we start. But now if you want to take an itemized look at the Biden presidency, we talk at length about the borders, highest level of illegal border crossings in the history of the country. Okay, highest level of fentanyl poisoning deaths in the history of the country. Okay, the economy's a mess. We've lost our domestic energy independence. The murder rate's up to a 30-year high, by the way. I mean, I'm old-fashioned. I prioritize people not wanting to die when they walk down the streets. I know that's kind of out of touch with the modern Democratic Party, where they don't really see the cops as an ally of our safety. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the, um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. I mean, man. This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. Looney Tunes. Straight up Looney Tunes. (laughs) Now we'll get rid of the cops. And I understand, you know, Democrats are fashionably trying to say they support the cops again. But you know what's happening in every one of these cities where they cut municipal police budgets? People are fleeing for their lives. That's what's going on right now. And why are they fleeing? Because they don't feel safe. Look at places like Chicago. Look at places like San Francisco where major corporations are leaving. If a major corporation like Walmart can't safely stay in business, they've got manpower. They've got security. They've got the wherewithal. If a place like Whole Foods, which is owned by Amazon, the richest country, company in the, in the world, Okay, if they can't safely staff a store, what odds, what chance does a small-time mom and pop pursuing the American dream have? I think he's got a point. And the answer is no chance. Okay, if Whole Foods can't stay in business in San Francisco, what chance do you think half foods has or a quarter of foods has, meaning stores that are much smaller? The answer is zero. 
Okay, they have made this country spectacularly unsafe. Like in big cities, you feel like you're living in the purge. I mean, you realize if you go to San Francisco, you go to California, you go to New York, you want to get a a U-Haul out out of state. You want to leave New York for, say, Florida or Texas, and you go in and you go, hey, uh, I'd like to rent a U-Haul at any point this year. The answer would be no. You can't get one. They're all sold out. There's that much demand. They will pay you to one-way a U-Haul into a liberal state. In some parts of the country, you can get paid to move, to drive a U-Haul. You'll get it for free because they need them coming in because they have so many coming out. That's what's going on with the Democratic Party in control. So the idea that we should sign up as a country for four more years of this, it really is like we're sitting on the shore, soaking wet. We've just gotten out of the lifeboat, rowed ourselves through frigid waters. And somebody's like, hey, uh, I work for the Titanic Company. Would you like to go back on another cruise? Like, wait, are you crazy? Are you, are you really suggesting I do this again? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. But that's exactly what they're suggesting. They're suggesting that we do it again. But getting past the dysfunction in government, let's just talk about the scandals. Let's just talk about the lies. Okay, let's go substantive. We know he's old. We know he's a mess. Okay, we, we, we've been through this. Joe Biden is the only human being I've ever met who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's just decided he's done. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Have you ever had a checkup? Uh, probably not. But getting past that, because when the guy's in front of a microphone, he is lying his old droopy balls off. Okay, and this goes all the way back to the campaign. So in what can only be described as a random act of journalism, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, you know, he used to say, it's a, we got a random act of journalism out of the drive-bys, you know, the chi-coms, the mainstream media. I always love Rush in such great terms, the chi-coms, the drive-bys. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I used to be driving around in my taxi, and I'd, I'd catch some Rush Limbaugh, and he would talk about a random act of journalism. And what he was essentially saying is every once in a while, somebody would demonstrate some intellectual curiosity on the left and ask a halfway decent question or air something we all knew to be true, but potentially detrimental to the Democratic Party, which made it a highly, you know, highly improbable that anyone in the media would actually cover the story. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Not only is it dead and buried, but it's become it's been replaced by activism. Okay, understand in the run-up to the 2020 election, the New York Post reported what? They said, well, you know, we've got this Hunter Biden laptop. We've got business partners like Tony Bobolinsky who have put their name on it. And they flat out said that Hunter was selling interest in our government and giving a 10% cut to his father, Joe Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? Tony Bobolinsky literally came forward and said, hey, that's me, guy in the emails guy that Hunter was contacting, guy that was transferring the money back and forth, guy that was meeting with Biden and introducing him to people in Ukraine and in Moscow and in China. I'm the guy who set up the lobbyist lunches on K Street at Cafe Milano. That's me. I'm the guy. I was there. I was with Biden. And the media's response to that was, uh, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on, this Bob Alinsky guy. The number you have reached is not in service. And they just killed the story. They flat out, no. A guy actually came forward and put his name on it. Dude, we held the country hostage for three years over a Mueller probe that was bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign 
to create a counter narrative to her private email server. The whole Mueller probe was based on a lie, and they knew it at the time. They knew the origins of the intel. The Clinton campaign strategically leaked a story that Trump was back-channel communicating with an alpha bank over in Russia. It was made up by these sick people. But you understand that narrative took hold, and with no evidence, with no corroborating evidence, with no one putting their name on the record, they ran with that story every day for three years. The media is a bunch of losers. But completely turned a blind eye to people on record, people who literally provided 150 suspicious activity reports filed while Barack Obama was president. When Barack Obama was president, Okay, Joe Biden served as his vice president for eight years. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And you know what else happened during those eight years? Over 150 times, the Obama administration, their Treasury Department, flagged a business transaction involving the Biden family as suspicious activity, meaning this is foreign money. It's coming in. It doesn't look legit. We're not quite sure why this is going on. Flag it, keep an eye on it, at which point, obviously, they buried it because, you know, the establishment's going to look out for the establishment. But the point is, okay, Biden was not only accused but connected physically through verifiably true evidence to an influence-peddling scheme in our government. Now, we don't know how far it went. We don't know that he's specifically compromised. But we know it's worth getting the answer to that question because if he's compromised, so is everybody else in the country. Correct the mundo. But we haven't looked, nor have we revisited the fact that the media does now acknowledge, they acknowledge that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, that it's true. But do you understand if the laptop is real, that means the contents are real. Okay, we now know it is true. It is accepted by the New York Times. It is accepted by the Washington Post. It is accepted by the Intel Committee, okay, and community that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. But we've never reexamined the story as a country, despite the fact that Joe Biden demonstrably lied about the legitimacy of the laptop. Joe Biden, we now know, okay, was lying when he got on stage and cited a letter from 50 former members of the Intel Committee. Those 50 members of the Intel Committee that put their credibility on the line, put the integrity of our intel committee behind this declaration that the Hunter Biden laptop was fake. They went out and said, hey, we 50 former members of the intel committee community believe this is Russian disinformation. You are so full of shit. And we know they're full of it because it turned out to be real. But to take it a step further, we now know that they all knew it at the time. But here is Biden citing this coordinated effort to bury the laptop in the run-up to the election, which, by the way, everybody who yells at you about election interference, there's no higher form of election interference than the actual intelligence committee denying the voters information that could potentially swing their vote. When you see polling, okay, that tells you over 20 percent of Biden voters would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden laptop was a true story. You're talking about tens of millions of people in an election that was decided by less than 50,000 votes. So this is very much something that swung the election. But here's Biden telling the lie. Clip 13. There are 50 former national intelligence folks 
who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the care for five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. So Biden quotes five members of the CIA are saying, yeah, you know what they were actually saying? They're saying, hey, America, we're full of. That's what they were saying. We know it's a lie. And now some of the media, to their credit, and what can only be described as a random act of journalism. okay, we now know that the IRS whistleblower who came forward to say he was being obstructed in his investigation into Hunter Biden's finances, wants whistleblower protection because the man who misled him lied and stifled the investigation was the current Attorney General Merrick Garland. What the hell is the world coming to? That's the accusation. The New York Post. Remember the New York Post that reported that the Hunter Biden laptop was a thing? Yes, that New York Post. They're, oh, they're lying. They're wrong. They're affiliated with Fox. Come on, man. New York Post was right about the Hunter Biden laptop. And guess what? They're right about this. New York Post now reporting that Attorney General Merrick Garland is the unnamed official whose sworn testimony before Congress is being challenged by an IRS whistleblower. So this guy's coming forth. He wants whistleblower protections because he's accusing our actual sitting attorney general of lying under oath to protect Biden. Just the way those 50 former members of the Intel Committee put their name and the legitimacy of our Intel Committee on a letter saying that Biden, okay, and Hunter and the laptop story was completely made up. They were lying. Do you understand? They were lying then. They were lying now. But do you understand if you're lying about whether or not the laptop was real, okay, because they needed the story to go away, that means they needed what was inside the story to go away. Meeting Biden getting paid off his son's influence peddling scheme. That's the scam here. But they're going to run this guy for president again, despite the fact that even CBS News, a random act of journalism, if ever there was one, CBS News aired a package on the Hunter Biden investigation, acknowledged it's a thing. It's only been going on for six years because they've been slow walking the thing because Merrick Garland and the establishment, the deep staters of the world are kind of hiding the family, you know, protecting the family there. But understand, like, this is not me just like, spewing fun facts to get you mad at a Democrat. I don't want you to get mad. It's Friday. Go get drunk. Have a good time. Do whatever you do. But the point is they've been shielding this scam. And the scam was all based on a lie designed to uh, defend and protect Joe Biden. Joe Biden got, you just heard the soundbite. That's lies. He knows he's full of it. Every 50 former Intel members, we now know through reporting, through the random acts of journalism that do occur in this country from time to time, that the Biden campaign was actively involved in coordinating that letter with the Intel Committee. So you can add every one of those denials to the list of Biden lies, whatever number we're up to now. White House girls send Biden to bed early. Cause he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going 
without style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made Saki try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies The show that's standing up to big tech Get those nerds! Nerds! You're listening to Fox Across America. Don't you want me, baby? When it comes to Joe Biden running again, uh, the answer is no. Come on, man. 74% of Americans say we don't want to do this again. You know, everything in Hollywood gets a sequel these days. 74% of Americans said, we don't need a sequel to this one. Remember at the end of Rocky 1? Rocky is leaning on Apollo in the middle of the ring after they've fought to this surprisingly close finale where Apollo can't believe just how tough Rocky was. It was such a brawl. And he leans in and he's like, ain't going to be no rematch, man. Meaning I don't want to go through this hell again. That's the American people right now. 74% of us are like, ain't going to be no rematch, man. (laughs) And now they're telling us that on August 25th, Don King is going to book a rematch. (laughs) Joe Biden's heading back out into the ring. My goodness gracious. We're going to discuss it with Diamond Dave Landau, Florida Representative Greg Stubbe stopping by as well. Going to be a banger back after this on the Big Bad One and Only High Flying Death Defying Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, girlfriend. And we are back in action. Got a big hour of Fox Across America. Dare I say, an embarrassment of radio riches. Diamond Dave Landau, comedy sexiest man stopping by. We're also going to talk to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe, who has sponsored the bill that would ban biological men from competing in women's sports, something I think everyone listening should be on board with. If you give a frog's fat butt about women and the integrity of Title IX, which the Democrats are very much trying to turn into Title IX inches. What the hell did you just say? 888-788-9910. Phone number if you'd like to be a part of the shindig. Also, the phone number if you would not like to be a part. You just want to call up and... Read me my truth on the air in front of everybody. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. <laughs> I'll take some tough love. It's Friday. We're in a good mood. We're heading out to Bananas Comedy Club in East Rutherford, New Jersey this weekend. Uh, one show tonight, two shows tomorrow. There are tickets left for the late show Saturday night. Uh, the first two shows are sold out. The late show you can still get. There's about 50 tickets out there. They probably sell out by the end of the night tomorrow, but uh, they're out there if you want to go. Uh, Bananas Comedy Club. And then from there, we are on the road. I'm going to be at the White House Correspondents' Dinner next weekend. And then the Laughs and Liberty Tour begins with Kennedy. And really quick, I'll just rattle them off if you're in one of these markets. Come hang out. Come have a drink. Get together. Hang out with some of your Fox pals. Uh, Laughs and Liberty will be in Reading, Pennsylvania, Friday, May the 6th. Uh, it'll be in Clearwater, Florida. Excuse me. Saturday, May the 6th. It'll be in Clearwater, Florida, Saturday, May the 20th. It'll be in Davenport, Iowa 
uh, Saturday, June the 3rd. It'll be in Mesa, Arizona, Saturday, June the 10th. It will be at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, girl, Saturday, June the 24th. Then we are in Holland, Michigan, the Holland Civic Center, July the 8th. Then July the 29th, I go to Jenny Fallis' hometown. I will be at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio. That's just a solo date. That's just big game. James doing his thing, singing the hits. And then Kennedy and I, April, excuse me, August the 25th, we will be in Henderson, Nevada at the Green Valley Ranch. Come on down, have a few laughs, have a few beers with your radio buddy. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? That's the spirit. Well, I will tell you what a lot of people are starting to dig. We're starting to get into this whole back and forth. We're starting to, you know, you know when you start watching a show, like say you watch Breaking Bad, and they do a lot of character establishment in the beginning, and you just figure out whose side you're on, you know, like Walt, do you like Saul, do you like the co- you know, the wife, you know, all that stuff. Okay, in the 2024 race, we're doing a little bit of character development this week, Okay. Tim Scott launched an exploratory committee at the beginning of the week looking into the idea that he could be our next president. Wrong. Okay, I don't doubt Trump feels that way. But DeSantis inching perilously closer as he continues to wage war against Disney. They got a battle going on down there between DeSantis and Mickey. Now listen, little boy. But that's a thing. And, of course, you've got congressman after congressman in the state of Florida coming out and endorsing Donald Trump, DeSantis's home state. That doesn't it's not nothing. Byron Donalds was on the show quite a bit. I hung out with Byron. I hung out with his mom last week at Fox. I was guest hosting Kennedy. Byron came into the studio and brought his mom, just a wonderful woman who happens to be a big Fox fan, uh, raising her family here in Brooklyn, which where Byron grew up before he moved down to Florida in his late teens, uh, to go to college at Florida State. Uh, Byron has come out as a young, hot shot a guy with so much currency in Washington right now, uh, a guy who's establishing himself as one of the faces of the Republican Party, one of the younger faces that's appealing to younger voters, a guy that has a lot of swag, cracks a lot of jokes on this show. He came out and endorsed Donald Trump last week. Greg Stubbe, who's going to be on the show in the next hour, endorsed Donald Trump you know, this, this week. And I've been pretty open about the fact that Trump is obviously better than any Democrat that they could possibly run against yet. Okay, you know, there's obviously the talk is that on Tuesday, the 25th, they're going to announce that Joe Biden is running for another term. Biden's lost his marbles. But what are the other options? You know, they certainly don't want the vice president. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! And last I checked, nobody was lining up for Pete Booty Judge after what he's done to the transportation sector. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. So there's really nobody left to run. So it sounds like Biden's going to get in there and run. Okay, Trump is obviously better than Biden. He was better than Biden in 2020. Certainly be better in 2024. Certainly better, you know, 2028. Not that either of them would be eligible to run at that point. Had one of them served a second term. But the point is, okay, this race between Trump, DeSantis, Scott, Nikki Haley is another person who's in the race. Get her out. Get her out of here. Whatever. There's all, well, there's also talk of Chris Christie getting into the race. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But regardless, the one thing I've said over and over and over about Trump is he's absolutely better than Biden. I don't doubt he could win the Republican nomination. Right now he's winning it. Despite the fact that he might be indicted two more times, he is winning. You can't discount the fighting spirit of Donald Trump. But I've said again and again and again, he is going to have big problems in the general election. 
Trump's negatives, 70% of the country hates the guy. You can't win the election without peeling off 10, 15% of those voters. It's going to be really hard for him to do. I'm not saying that to bash Trump. I'm not saying that to talk you out of voting for Trump. That's not my job. My job is not to steer this democracy. I'm not, I, no way, dude. I go on TV, I make jokes, I go home, I play video games with my son. I should not be in charge of this. I don't want to be in charge of this. But I'm very honest with you because I don't care who wins. I just need the country to flourish because I'm not beholden to a campaign and one of them's going to make me like a friend of the White House if they win. I have nothing. You know, I'm just here. I'm going to be doing the same show no matter who wins. So the point is I've been very upfront about the fact that Trump's high negatives make him a massive liability in the general election. You know, I don't think January 6th is what the media says it was. It wasn't a deadly white supremacist attempt to overthrow the government. It was the end of Animal House. The fraternity had been disbarred. They went down to the homecoming parade led by a grand marshal in a Chewbacca bikini. And yes, they entered the White House in some instances unlawfully. Okay, but they were not trying to overthrow the most powerful democracy in the world. Like there was no world where someone else was being installed as our leader or Trump was going to get to serve another term because of the actions on January 6th. That wasn't the point. But the media has gone out and pretended it was for four years. And don't kid yourself, they were successful in portraying it as such. A lot of people do hold Donald Trump responsible for January 6th. Okay, doesn't mean he told them the riot. I don't think he did. But it doesn't mean they don't hold him responsible for it, you understand. Okay, so you've got that high negative. Then you've got the fact that he is under indictment. We've never had a president indicted in the 246-year history of the country. And you can say to me, well, of course, we've never had one because they've never treated a president as bad as Trump. That's true. You are correct. But understand that for a lot of voters, they still see a man under indictment. And if they've never voted for a guy under indictment before, there are going to be some issues with them voting for a guy under indictment this time around, especially if he winds up being under two or three indictments. I admire your honesty. I'm just telling you the truth. So I was surprised. I'm going to ask Greg Stubbe about this today. I was surprised that young guys like him and Donald's have already committed to a candidate, if only because it's so early in the race And the odds of Trump winning the general aren't great. So I don't know if they're doing this because they think he's going to be up against Biden and anybody can beat Biden. I don't know if there's more to the story that I don't understand. Okay, but here earlier today in America's newsroom, let me start here, yes, with this montage of politicians talking about the differences between Trump and DeSantis because Lance Gooden of Texas is in there, Chip Roy is in there, Ken Cuccinelli is in there, Byron Donald is in there. They're basically just talking about the Trump-DeSantis contrast. Let me give this to you, clip 19. I believe when the republic is crumbling, which it is, we need a fighter, and Donald Trump's that fighter. It's time we have someone that we can take a new generation into town, and uh, we can kind of build on what President Trump started, and Governor DeSantis is a great guy to get behind to do that. That's right. Ordinary voters, conservatives, Republicans, independents, are they can't wait for Ron DeSantis to get in this race. The next president's got to hit the ground day one, be effective, know exactly what to do. There's one person who knows how to do that. It's Donald Trump. So that's Byron Donalds, young guy, face of the party, like a young hotshot guy who has a big future in the Republican Party, throwing his weight behind Trump. You hear Chip Roy in there, a guy who intellectually is probably one of the best all-around dudes in Washington when it comes to prioritizing the, the needs of the American people, fighting for a secure border. Chip Roy is 
endorsing DeSantis. So again, I'm at a curious impasse here in terms of assessing this because you just can't imagine how much respect I have for the character of Chip Roy, a guy who fought to the death when it came time to confirm Kevin McCarthy because he saw it playing out as the same old Washington, where the guy who raised the most money got the gig, but he didn't necessarily believe the guy who raised the most money was going to be the guy who fought the hardest. You know, so I have a lot of respect for Chip Roy. But on the other side, you also hear Byron Donalds on the show all the time, and I love Byron Donalds. great. Okay, and he's, again, a guy that's on this show because he's the same guy off the air that he is on the air. Like when we talk off the air, he's not like, I can't believe these people actually care about this country. <laughs> he's actually the same guy. He cares. And we talk about how the Democrats are race baiting the whole country and gaslighting us over fake bigotry. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. So when I heard BD had already thrown his name behind Trump, Byron Donalds, who serves in a state where Ron DeSantis just won the governorship, going away by millions and millions of votes. A governorship he won by less than 50,000 votes when he beat Andrew Gillum with Trump's endorsement back, you know, in 2018. He now turns around and wins by 10 million votes or whatever, 5 million votes. But the point is going away. So he turned Florida from a swing state to a solid red state. And he won with Latinos and women minorities and expanded the reach of the Republican Party in a way we've never seen in a gubernatorial race. We've never seen it. So what DeSantis has done is significant. Okay, but Byron Donalds, being from that state, still said I'm a Trump guy. Here's him speaking to why on America's Newsroom, clip 22. I haven't stopped my support of Ron DeSantis, but we're just talking about the presidency. And I think you just heard Congressman Stubbe probably said it better than anybody could. Look, our country's in a real problem, and you got you got to be able to hit the ground running on day one. We know Donald Trump can do it. He did it once before. He can do it again. And if you look at our country from a foreign policy perspective, we know all the domestic issues. You guys cover it all the time. But China is on the move. They see weakness at the White House. The next commander-in-chief has got to be able to do the job of commander-in-chief on day one. We know Donald Trump can do that job. Look, I take nothing away from Governor DeSantis. He's done a great job as our governor. But the country is in a place right now where day one is going to matter for the United States. And I know Donald Trump can answer that call. Fair. I mean, that's the way he feels. And Byron Donald is a guy who, again, his opinion does carry a lot of weight with me. Okay, here's Corey Mills, another Republican from Florida, explaining why he's he's supporting Trump, clip 23. Here's the bottom line. The American people have seen for far too long, whether it was the Obama administration and the weaponization of the IRS in 2004, whether it's what's going on right now, whether it was the DOJ and Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the bottom line is is that Americans are tired of watching a two-tier justice system where our actual government is being weaponized against Americans. And the reason they're going after President Trump is because he is the one who can actually defeat uh, Joe Biden in the White House, take back our country, get it back on track, and start actually leading the country where it needs to go. They know that, and that's why they're coming after him. But America stands behind President Trump. So that's Corey Mills saying Trump's a fighter. They're going to take the fight to him and the establishment, the deep state. They don't want him to run. The problem Trump has, and I just you guys need to know this, And this happened to him in 2020 because I thought he was the right pick in 2020. So I was on the air sharing that opinion. The surrogates who speak out on behalf of Donald Trump do a better job of making the case for Trump than Trump actually does. 
You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. No, it's true. Because Trump commits a lot of unforced errors. He'll tweet something crazy. He'll call somebody a fat slob. You know, kind of makes the story about everything but what it's supposed to be. There's a lot of liabilities. And it makes it easy for the media to distort his message. The one thing we never discussed when Trump was president was the substance of the Trump presidency. It was what did he tweet? Who did he insult? Understand, there are a lot of deliverables Donald Trump can offer in terms of the yield from his four years in office. Donald Trump, okay, because of the Trump tax cuts, made black families, for all the yelling and screaming about racism, the single biggest gainers of household wealth, single mothers, black families. Cut illegal border crossings to its lowest total in 80 years. Okay, through his first step prison reform act, spent $75 billion okay, to create opportunity zones in low-income black communities. He also signed the First Step Prison Reform Act, which freed over 300,000 nonviolent black drug offenders who were sentenced under the 1994 Joe Biden crime bill. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Okay, he got NATO to start contributing the dollar amount they were supposed to contribute to their NATO buy-in. And by the way, he's the first president in 50 years to not start a war or get us into one. Hasn't happened in 50 years. So consequentially, Trump was better for this country than any president going back to, I don't know, what do you want to tell me, Reagan? I mean, he consequentially was. You might not have liked the tweets. You might not have liked the fighting. You might not have liked the sensationalism. But consequentially, we were safer, stronger, had a lower tax code. Okay, we were energy independent, so we weren't empowering dictators on the other side of the world, and we weren't destabilizing the Middle East by making rising powers in places like Iran, giving Saudi Arabia a bigger stronghold. Okay, in fact, we brought in the Abraham Peace Accords that got Arab nations to normalize relations with Israel, a country they were vowing to wipe off the map for the better part of the last century. So Trump, in theory, was a phenomenal president when it comes to the substance. The sensationalism was another story. But if the surrogates can continue to make that case for him and Trump can minimize his errors, yeah, there's a really good reason to put him back into the office. There's just a lot of other reasons you got to get past before it happens. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that sees through the bullshit. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, Diamond Dave Landau in the On Deck Circle. Diamond Dave, by the way, is playing a club this weekend. I was at, uh, all the way back in December, the Bricktown Comedy Club. So if you're listening uh, on the Eagle, you're listening up in KRMG, up in Tulsa, hanging out with my man Danny Boy O'Connor from House of Pain, or Mark Holton, Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We love Mark Holton on this show. Uh, if you're in either of their hoods, you could go see Diamond Dave in Bricktown this weekend. He's there tonight, and he is there again tomorrow. That's a banger. little consolation prize since you couldn't come up to... East Rutherford, New Jersey, and hang out with me and the Fox girls at Bananas. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. I got people I went to high school going. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> it's going to be a mix and friends. You know what I'm saying? That can't be good. No, uh, but we'll be doing a damn thing. Uh, the other thing not good is the state of the country. We're going to continue to discuss it with Diamond Dave. There's just a lot going on. Okay, but when we talk about this 2024 race, they're starting to establish characters. Okay, you got Scott. He's kind of getting in. Nikki Haley kind of getting in, and I know a lot of people are like, they're wasting their time. 
I mean, at the present, it would seem like, you know, according to the polling, they don't have a chance. But this is a race that really could change dramatically because it sounds like they're going to indict Trump two more times. And under three indictments, it's going to be really hard to run, man. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he shouldn't do it. I'm not saying this isn't politically motivated because the Alvin Bragg indictment is a total, I mean, just a total scam. I think he's got a point. So I'm just telling you the shift, the landscape, we are a long way. I mean, the primaries don't even start till January of 2024. So, you know. We're a little ways to go before we even get the horses into the starting gate. Uh, And right now we're just talking about Trump getting arrested for hanging out with a horse face. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. That'd be a good moment for everybody to compose themselves. We're about to bring on the sexiest man in comedy, a man who can be seen. If you're listening on the Eagle down in Oklahoma City, if you're listening on KRMG over in Tulsa, you can all head down to the Bricktown Comedy Club this weekend and see Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. The people of Oklahoma have no idea. I mean, not only the opportunity for laughter, but let's just talk about the rough, rugged sex appeal on that stage. There's going to be a lot of it. I have a pretty bedazzled cowboy hat, uh, and it's not it's not an insult to anybody. It's very tasteful. Yeah. Did you, I mean, how, uh, much, how much extra security do they book just for that? I mean, forget the women trying to grab you, just the truckers alone. Well, I say let the truckers through. That's a big part of my rider. <laughs> Listen, if, if it's got flannel, but if it's got sleeves, no, because if they're sleeves, these aren't yeah. fun people. You want the sleeves off. Yeah. You want I just say, as long as I get hit with underwear, it's heavy. I want it to be heavy. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Don Imus, the late Don Imus? He once, I absolutely do. Yeah. Oh, so Imus had a good line once. I was driving my cab. He was talking about Frankie Valley, and he was talking about how Frankie Valley was still performing. He said, "But now, you know, now at the age he's at, when the women throw underwear at him, it looks like a paramilitary <laughs> group landing on the stage." <laughs> <laughs> he said it used to be like thongs that would just get thrown at him like a rock and land. But now they, you know, they fly in the air for a little while. Bloomers, if you will. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. probably, just, yeah. probably just looks like people jumping out of like a hospital ward that's on fire. <laughs> Bed sheets for a parachute type deal. Very, very funny. Uh, Mr. Mr. Lando, I will have you know. Uh, and I think you're you're privy to this information. The, the Tucker Carlson yes. team likes you. Remember when you were here to visit me, you met a couple of guys from Tucker. And uh, one yes, of the absolutely. dudes on the Tucker team was telling me he was just watching you with our mutual pal Michael Malice. Uh, did you make any news on that show about possibly starting your own talk show at The Blaze? Yes, it's, uh, it's a talk show, um, and what it is is it's also a sketch comedy show. Whoa, hold on, just hold on a second, you, but you're starting a show, am I correct? That's correct. Oh, hold on. There it is. Take off the apron, Wheezy. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. I didn't know that. I don't know what you played because that song plays in my head all the time. (laughs) Well, I honestly, we've been, we talked via text all week. I didn't even know this was a thing. Congratulations, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, they, uh, they took a risk on me. I had left the show that I was on and, uh, I went there and I pitched it. I had put out Normal World, which you very mm-hmm. kindly helped me promote, and it, it needed kind of a home. And they're very they're very cool about me doing other shows and other projects mm-hmm. and everything. And 
uh, they were they let me put together the group that I wanted to work there, and it's exciting because I just I love sketch comedy, and I think it's just something that's missing right yeah, now yeah. in. In, especially in our universe, you know. Yeah, I think it's rad. I think it's huge news. And, yeah, maybe, you know, the Blaze, very pro-cop. Maybe they heard that you're my brother Mike's favorite. They're like, you know, there is well, there that there is that one chunky cop up on Long Island. <laughs> See, you know, he's in. We can get a bunch of other chunky cops. Next thing you know, this Landau thing really takes off. So uh, you're to borrow a phrase from Michael Malice, you're welcome, Dave Landau. You're welcome. Yes. Big news. Yeah, I definitely look like, well, thank you. And I definitely look like I could be a chunky cop in a movie who's not good at being a cop. <laughs> Very, well, go ahead. I'm the Paul, I'm the Paul Blart of comedy because that wasn't. <laughs> I'm laughing, man. I, uh, you know, coming from a long line of policemen in my family, my brothers, my dad and everything, I took police tests like when I was young. I actually got hired by the city and the Port Authority. But at that point, I was on the road. At the time I got called to take the job, I was like a feature act, you know, doing the stand-up. And I was like, I don't need, okay. your, I don't need your job and benefits. I'm making $9,300 a year. I'm like, why, why, right. why would I throw away the $9,300 a year salary for job and benefits? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you with your health care. Yeah. I get WebMD on the Wi-Fi in the La Quinta. Yeah, this is a, yeah. I can log on any time as long as they don't find out about it and ask me to leave the sticky buffet area. <laughs> so, yo, it's so uh, true. Like we, we don't talk about it a lot, you know, because we're doing some cool things in the media sphere and certainly, you know, selling out shows on the road. But I do think we owe it. It's almost like a scared straight to a lot of people out there that want to follow in our footsteps. You really got to want it because you start out. I mean, I joke like we started out performing in opium dens. I wish they were doing that class of drug in the places I started out. I dude, I'm not even kidding. One time I was doing a place in Illinois, rural Illinois, mm-hmm. and they had to take a break. They're like, "Oh, it's a smoke break." Or everybody goes outside, and I'm thinking, "But you can smoke cigarettes in here." <laughs> and then I look outside, and everyone's doing crank. <laughs> and me and the feature actors looking out, we're like, "Well, this is you know, this is a good two hundred and fifty dollar paycheck Dave's getting tonight." <laughs> and, you know, the, <laughs> and they all just came back in. And just watch the show, and you know I got to be honest. Fairly decent audience, very attentive. Nobody <laughs> nodded off. <laughs> and you know the old joke in comedy is like, yeah, who books it? You know that whole thing. But uh, oh yeah, <laughs> every every one of those. I started out the first one of the first rooms I did. It was a place called the B Three on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And the same thing. It was you know the um the bathrooms who had the they had the infrared lights so people couldn't find veins to shoot up in the bathroom. And yes. yeah, on the Lower East Side, that's not a deterrent. That just meant they shot up in the showroom. So at the B3, right. like, I was literally, it just, it looked like, a, you know, what we would, I guess, now conf- confuse with, like, a vaccine location. Every, everyone yeah. was self-vaccinating back in 2002. <laughs> they were, they were, they, they were ahead of Fauci by about 20 years. Yes, now it just looks like it, yeah, it's a, the corner section of a Dwayne Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I, remember, I remember the first time I was on stage as a host, it mm-hmm. was an actual paid gig, and it was during a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't remember if it was the World Series or hockey or whatever it was, but it was a sports bar. And the guy goes, "We're going to turn off the, the TVs." And I'm like, "That's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> like having the show tonight's the worst idea I've ever heard, but you've actually found one that's even worse." <laughs> and he's like, 
And he's like, don't worry, they're going to they're gonna love it. And I'm like, there's no possible way. Mind you, I've never been paid to do comedy at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they shut down all the TVs. Everybody's booing, so you yeah. know they're excited. <laughs> and I walk up on stage and I go, hey, how's everybody doing? And a bottle just kind of like appears and smashes right behind my head. Oh, my God. And I go, good night, everybody. And I just walked <laughs> off the stage. Did you, though? Yeah, I did. I, I just left, and just I I didn't want to get hit with any more bottles. I didn't get hit, fortunately, but I walk off, and the guy goes, "I'm really sorry. I didn't think that would happen." And I was like, "Really?" Because the, the whole conversation we had had was that I was worried that exact thing was going to happen. Eighty percent of the people in this room have money on a game. You've just shut it off. You, oh my god! Right. The the, the yeah, and it was mm-hmm. god. It was the team. We were in the city where the team. It was. Detroit was in the well. I guess it wasn't baseball, but yeah, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it sure as hell wasn't football. But it, yeah, it was a Detroit game and a playoff game, and it's uh-huh. like uh, it, it's like yeah, we'll just shut this all down. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch the Pistons right now. <laughs> Bill Lambeer, Schmier. Nobody cares. Yeah. Shut up, Joe. More like yeah, Joe Humars. You know, come yeah, on, man. Pretend those Pistons jerseys just say Landau and put a smile on that. And the point we're trying to make to everybody out there, yes, obviously, if you want to make it in comedy, you're going to encounter a lot of adversity. But also, if you just want to produce comedy, there is a circumstance, there is an atmosphere where comedy flourishes. It's an atmosphere where people showed up wanting to see comedy. They weren't in the venue for a different purpose than comedy that you've now taken away in an effort to force them into comedy. So when I started out, Giuliani had rezoned the city, and they had this 50-50 rule. And it, cabarets, in order for the strip clubs to stay open in places like Gramercy, they had to be 50% performance space instead of strip club. So I used to do an open mic at 10s where I was a comic and on the stage next to me on the other side of the room was an actual naked stripper. Now, as you would imagine, I mean, this is so crazy. Now, as you would imagine, uh, you know, you start out as a comic getting zero attention. But a year into this, when you start to develop some chops, imagine how demoralizing it is for you to be up there with the stripper on the other side of the club. But now imagine a year in where everybody in the club is looking at you instead of the stripper. Imagine how she feels. Yes. (laughs) It's like, I mean, it's a feeling she only gets on Father's Day. (laughs) It's like now every night's Father's Day. Dude, that's the, that's the way. Did you ever do strip clubs where you had to bring up? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never emceed them. Yeah. No, no. Did you? Did you have to do that? Up next I, on the main I, stage. I have emceed them, yeah. And then one time I did a strip club where it was for the girls and their favorite clients. <laughs> and when I got there, all the favorite clients, and I'm not kidding, it was like eight of the ten were in sip and puff blow wheelchairs. <laughs> and... I'm not I'm not knocking anything. I'm just stating facts. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing on the stage to a room of, you know, very rich men who can't move from the neck down. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple of strippers kids who I'm sure have turned out great at this point playing, <laughs> like, Game Boy. <laughs> and I'm just doing stand-up, and I've just never seen, like, and they're, like, laughing and everything, and I'm like, I look down and I go, should your kid be in here? Is this okay? And she goes, I think he's seen worse. And I go, that's true. He's seen, he could just look around the room. <laughs> and <laughs> and then the other comic gets up and he starts doing some pretty graphic, you know, material, mm-hmm. uh, sexual material. Mm-hmm. And 
he's getting no laughs and no response. And he comes up to me after and he's like, I don't know what they didn't like. And it's like, you don't? What do you think? Like, what do you think got them here? <laughs> Perhaps one of you should have disrobed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, my friend Matt, we did a nudist colony. Did oh you ever do that? God, that's, I did a swingers retreat called Club Getaway. Where it wasn't a full-on nudist colony, but it was a. It was, <laughs> but they were basically up there uh, to get, engage in activities, like they'd go canoeing or they play volleyball, and if you like, you hit it off with another group, away you went. Uh, so not quite a nudist colony, but you did stand up at a nudist colony. I'm assuming you were dressed. I was. They asked us to take it off, and my friend uh, Matt McClory was the feature. And he does a joke about this on stage, so I don't want to butcher it, but I was the witness to it as I sat at a table closed, closed with, with four of the most uh, beautiful naked people you've ever seen. And uh, he's on stage. He looks at a guy, and he goes, where are you from? And this guy goes, hey, let's not go there. And he goes, well, yeah, clearly you're a man who respects your privacy. <laughs> enjoying a show but it's like you're also naked your legs are open and your arms are folded in disgust against me <laughs> you're judging my material <laughs> never never uh, never trust the moral of the story kids never trust a road agent a road agent who gives you a package deal hey good night i gotta go thank you everybody come on everybody but no it's all of it all of it kids stay in school my my first gig ever was um at the New York Comedy Club, which again is, if you don't, if you like stepping on a syringe in a lobby, the New York Comedy Club has two great showrooms for you. And uh, <laughs> it's the New York Comedy Club, though. It really is. It's the most grim place because you walk in and the guy's like, "Yo, you got a quarter?" And that's the owner. You know, you're like, "Oh yeah, hey, yeah. good to see you. Here you go. Here's a quarter. Yeah. Here you go." But it's it's very grim. It's a very grim room and a nice people. A lot of great comics is is you know every room in the city has all the same comics. We all play the same rooms, but it's just a particularly grim scene. And the first time I was there, I was doing an open mic where it was variety, so you could do anything you wanted, sing a song, whatever. The girl who went on before me dedicated a, a monologue. Her grandmother had died. So she read a poem, like uh, acted out this thing to her grandmother, put a rose on the stool, and then cried her way off stage. And then uh, Tom Nemec was the comedian, uh, and he just brought me up. He's like, I'm going to bring up this new guy. He's making his comedy debut. He's really excited to be here. <laughs> and just bombed. I mean, Hamas called the club afterwards, claiming responsibility for the set. Just a straight bombing. Just an act of terror. <laughs> this is the there, worst. There's nothing worse than when somebody goes up and does the saddest thing with no ability to joke about it. Yep. And then it's like, and here's comedy. Listen, every we've talked about this before. Some people might remember this. Every comedy benefit you ever do begins with a video montage dedicated to all the people who've died from whatever you're raising money for. And then yeah. they just bring on a comedian, and the whole room is sobbing. It's just a montage of death, and now you've got to show up and start talking about your nuts. It's, it's what a life. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're wearing yeah. It's a guy wearing a shirt in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, with, you know, a dead family member on it and the birth and death dates and then, yeah, <laughs> sobbing over what happened. And then he's like, okay, but, you know, let's, let's keep <laughs> oh, it fun. Oh, God, it's so true. It's and every like, road gun. Keep it fun? <laughs> <laughs>
As people are literally passing around a, a thing of arsenic like it's fire water, they're all <laughs> loosening the cap yeah. and drinking it. Oh. Yeah, I'm walking up on stage. I'm like, hey, did uh, did this guy by chance do any jokes about uh, a grandmother dying of spina bifida? Because then I can't do my opener. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, the point we're trying to make is stay in school, kids. Uh, Diamond yeah. Dave Landau. Stay in school. If you're going to leave school, you're leaving to buy tickets to the Bricktown Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. Good luck with all the handsy audience members. You got your work cut out for you. I have seen you lately on the telly, girlfriend. Mm-mm. Thank you, baby. <laughs> You've had me on, and I appreciate it. No, no, we'll be back. We'll be doing it again, uh, Kennedy, one of these days. And uh, hopefully next time I sneak onto the Gutfeld set, you can join me on the couch. You know what I'm saying, sweet thing? I would love that. Rock and roll. Talk soon. See you, buddy. All right, sir. Okay. There he goes, Diamond Dave. Back after this. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is. Fox Across America. Shout out to Diamond Dave Landau. My brother Mike says, Diamond Dave, if you're still listening, you're welcome for all those chubby cops who helped you get a job at the place. <laughs> Listen, man. The chubby cops, they like Fox News. Do they ever? Why? Because we have their back. We weren't the ones saying you got to defund the police. We were saying, hey, why? Well, I got an idea. Maybe you put more cops on the street. Maybe you actually support them. Maybe you actually throw money, more money at them instead of less. Maybe you attract more good people who want to protect our cities instead of scaring them into other lines of work by the ridiculousness that we saw in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing, a killing that even cops believed was egregious. They just didn't believe it represented what the left tried to turn it into, which was, oh, this is proof that all, every one of the cops are racist. Wrong. Not even close, not even kind of, not even a little. 99.9% of the people who put on the job are actually good people. I'm not saying they have good nutritional habits, if you've ever met my brother. You're killing yourself the way you eat. you all fat f- Look at you. But the point is, these are good people that are out there trying to make some moves, keep you safe. Thank you. Cops are the NFL referees of life. They make a billion calls a week in the blink of an eye. We only talk about the calls we don't agree with. But when we make these judgments, okay, we're not in the moment having to save somebody's life, protect somebody's life. We're watching a video on our phone, okay, as we're sitting on the couch in a neoclassical position eating chips or killing time on a toilet somewhere. Literally. Oh, this, no, this guy's no good. He shouldn't keep his job. Okay, no, that's not how this works, okay? The cops are the ones out there. You know, with the game on the line, making the plays. And the only thing they ever deserve is our overwhelming support and the benefit of the doubt every single time until proven otherwise. Bingo. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are back in action on a big Friday episode of Fox Across America. Bit of a whirlwind this week in the news cycle, but stopping by to close this thing. Kind of shore things up before you hit the bar. Uh, Florida Representative Greg Stubbe, a man who sponsored the bill that would ban biological men from competing in women's sports. Stubbe is the guy that started this situation in the House. 
bill has passed with 219 votes from the Republicans. Do you know how many votes it got from Democrats? Zero. The Democrats who tell you the we're the party of the women. We're here to protect feminism. We got this. That's us. Zero members voted to keep biological men out of women's sports. Democrats are so full of crap. It's called the Save Women's Sports Bill. We're going to discuss it in this hour. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of this thing. Happy Friday and all that. I am not on TV. Not tonight. Uh, I will be out at Bananas Comedy Club in East Rutherford, New Jersey, telling jokes. I'll be at Bananas tomorrow night, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. You are on your own, girlfriend, whoever this ends. If you're down in Oklahoma uh, listening on KRMG or you're listening on The Eagle, uh, you can see my man Diamond Dave Landau. He is at the Bricktown Comedy Club this weekend, tonight and tomorrow. So you can go see Diamond Dave uh, or you can hang out with me in Jersey. But this is it. This is the grand finale. As far as the radio goes... This is all we got. Remember Bob Seeger? We got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? We got the next hour. Who needs tomorrow? That's all I can tell you. Uh, and as far as this bill is concerned, I'll tell you something else. The Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. It passed in a 219 to 203 vote with all the yes votes coming from Republicans, all the no votes coming from Democrats. Um, you know, Democrats, you know, trash this. They said they're bullying and belittling trans children. Full Stomp, as the kids like to say. I hate these terms. Full stop. That's the tweet. That's it. That's the tweet. You know, all the lingo. I hate. Oh, social media is just the worst. But stick with me. And follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Fallon. Uh, But stick with me. Being silly now. The idea of trans kids, trans children, there's no such thing as a trans child unless their parents make them one. You're absolutely right. Kids do not come out of the womb and feel like they're trapped in the wrong body. They just got out of a body. (laughs) They're just getting to know the new one. And it takes quite some time to do that. Okay, this idea that kids should be abandoning their biologically assigned gender from God and altering it permanently through surgery, which not only brings in a lifetime of follow-up surgeries for this poor child, but a lifetime of medications for this poor child. Now, why on earth would anybody be rushing out and encouraging an entire population of children to commit to a lifetime supply of surgery and meds. Money, 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 money. So that's where the pharmaceutical industry and the hospitals come into this debate. No, we need to provide gender-affirming care. That's what they say when you hear the hospitals. Well, you know, this we got stats that they're going to kill themselves if you don't let us perform these surgeries. Are they doing the surgeries for free because they're worried about the kids? The answer would be no. Huh. How about the pharmaceutical companies? Now we're going to start medicating these kids, hormone blockers, hormone therapies, because if we don't medicate them, they're going to die. Oh, that sounds pretty urgent. Are the pharmaceutical companies throwing them a discount? The answer would be no. No, they don't care. You need to like you got to get to a place where you've and I think a lot of you have. But, you know, I was a naive kid growing up. I thought the government cared about me. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay, but I did not know that. I grew up and I'm like, oh, no, the government, they're, uh, they're looking out. They just, you know, pharmaceutical industry, they just want to help. That's why they're making the drugs. They're just, you know, 
<laughs> I didn't know. I had no idea. Okay, they don't care, and they don't draw the line. The difference between the government and the mafia is that the mafia puts women and children off limits. That's a rule in the mafia. If you're going to go whack a mob boss, can't shoot his family, not his wife, not his kids. There is a code of omerta where women and children are off limits. When it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, when it comes to the Democratic Party, women and children are never off limits, okay? Children aren't off limits when they're in the womb. They're certainly not off limits when they're outside of the womb. Never, ever, 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 ever. And believe me, I have raised one child. Okay, Lincoln, you hear him on the show a lot. It's just the, just the best thing about being me is hanging out with my kids. Just, just the absolute best. And uh, as someone who is so humbled and appreciative by the opportunity given to him to raise this child, I have paid so much attention to the development and evolution of this beautiful being. And I can tell you, okay, kids at the age of two, three, four, five, they have no idea what their gender is per se. They're not sitting around going, oh, yeah, this gender thing's great. But are there any other options out there? <laughs> what else do we got here, you know? I think he's got a point. <laughs> this isn't like you're on the adult website. You're like, I like this girl, but before we wrap this up, is she in anything else? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> That's not going on. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know their gender. They don't know what's going on. So if they want to switch genders, it's because the parents told them to do it. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Hey, Snookums. Hey, sweetie. Do you ever feel like you're in the wrong body? You might be in the wrong body. You seem like you're having a bad day. Are you having a bad day, Snookums? You didn't eat all your Cheerios. What if we just chop your... Well, now we'll chop it right off. Don't worry. You don't need your... It's fine. You're having a bad day. That's what this is, dude. And the people reinforcing that type of behavior are pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, and doctors who have a huge primal motivating factor that's not the kids. Money, 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 money. But once they're done mutilating the kids and denying them a chance to evolve, okay, as Lincoln did, I've told you this before, Lincoln hated sports. Lincoln was a video game kid. He liked food. You know, two years ago, Lincoln had a mullet. He was chunky. He looked like the toughest woman in prison. Shut your mouth. But he did. He looked like the toughest chick in prison. He had a short mullet. He was chunky, pasty, sweet, just so funny. But then he got the competitive urge as he began to grow. He hit a growth spurt. He's now like 6'4", 6'5". And he loves baseball and he loves football and he loves basketball. Things he had absolutely no interest in two years ago. So this idea that two years ago, if I would have just, well, he doesn't like sports, so I'm going to start giving him drugs that allow him to never like sports, never partake in sports, never discover this true passion that rounds out his personality. And now I've got a pharmaceutical industry like, yeah, to take some meds, that'll deny him the sports. Now we can go get a procedure done that'll deny him the sports. Okay, that's what they're doing with gender. You might legitimately go through a phase at some point where you kind of feel like you should have been the other thing. But you also might grow out of it. The point is, if you don't grow out of it by the time you're an adult, it's America. Go transition. Year-round Halloween. Be my guest. You're still not the thing you pretend you're being, but you can feel more like it if that makes you feel any better. Just understand surgeries, meds, everything in between. But when it comes to sports, they're now taking men who weren't little kids who transitioned. Okay, because this wasn't a thing. This wasn't acceptable. This wasn't even discussable five years ago. Hey, what if the idea of a four-year-old went in and 
had surgery. If anyone in either political party said that five years ago, the reaction from both sides of the aisle would have been, Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. A hundred percent. We'd have been like, no way. What are you nuts? Stop it. Who is this doctor? Take his medical license. But now they're out there telling you, we have to provide gender-affirming care to these little five- and six-year-olds. Yo, if a five- and six-year-old wants surgery to change their body again and again and again, it's because an adult is forcing that choice on them aggressively. It's political. And the Democrats are fine with it because it comes with a built-in voter ideology. Okay, if you're going to be trans, the Democrats can now consider you a black voter. They can now tell you for the rest of your life you're not equal to everyone else in society. You're not capable of getting a voter ID. You're oppressed. Nobody likes you. Everybody wants to kill you. Half the country's a racist transphobe. So vote for us and we'll protect you from them. That's what the Democratic mantra is. They see trans, the trans vote is the black vote. They can just hold the people down in terms of their societal progress while simultaneously telling them it's the other side's fault. That's what goes on. But when it comes to women's sports now, we're talking about the Leah Thomases of the world. We're talking about girls, okay, girls on the girl side of this, that wanted to play sports, that thought they had Title IX protections to keep their sports fair. But then the Democrats, in an effort to weaponize, mobilize the trans vote, in an effort to create a new lane of pretend oppression, okay, the Democrats turned Title IX into Title IX inches. And that's why you've got voters, thankfully— aligning with the Republican Party in saying that we should be keeping biological men out of women's sports. Why? Because they have a huge biological advantage. Dude, the winner of the New York City men's marathon, the winner of the men's marathon, beats the winner of the women's marathon by 14 minutes. Okay, in marathon speak, three miles. You're having a race. I beat you by three miles. Okay, clearly my side has an advantage when it comes to this particular event. Think of Leah Thomas, ranked 432nd in the country as a male. 432nd. Jumps into the pool and is number one the very first day. There's no world where you can say to me there isn't some type of clean-cut advantage. Okay, take it to movies. Rocky Three. Would you... Think it was okay if Mr. T changed his name to Mrs. T and fought Adrian instead of Rocky? Shut up, fool! But really think about that. Would you be okay with that? No, no, he's Mrs. T now. He's going to go fight Talia Shire. Don't worry about it. It's great. You wouldn't sign up for that. You're crazy. He'd kill her. But this is what we're talking about. And the Democrats want you to believe with a straight face that this is okay. Here are Republican women talking about the transgender sports bill. Clip 25. Before a woman ever sets foot in a locker room, before she ever sets foot on the courts, before she ever first dives for her first swim meet, she's already in a vulnerable position. And we need to protect our women and girls in sports because of these vulnerabilities. And I don't care how many surgeries you have. I don't care how many chemicals you put into your body. You're not going to be a biological woman. How many times do we hear equity and fairness, equity and fairness? But we only talk about that equity and fairness when it fits their narrative. Not to mention what it means to be a woman. They claim to be a party of science, 
but they are completely disregarding science. Anyone that had an anatomy class understands, as the doctors have already said, that physiologically we are made differently. And we always understood that. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. But now to be clear, because those are all brilliant and spot-on points by the GOP women who spoke, Nancy Mace. I just saw her in an elevator an hour ago. Beth Van Doyne from uh, the great state of Texas. Lisa McLean from Michigan. Carol Representative Miller from West Virginia. Uh, all fine women who make brilliant points. But to be clear... Okay, they're still looking at this from a woman's standpoint. Let's talk about someone who sees it from a woman's standpoint and a men's standpoint, to be clear. I'm talking about Caitlyn Jenner, who, as Bruce Jenner, was the greatest male athlete in the world, won Olympic gold, and in doing so, pretty honest about the fact that we all knew at the time men had an advantage over women. Here is Caitlyn Jenner on Hannity. She was on before me last night. She's my opening act now. She was on before me talking about the House passing this legislation. This is a former male Olympic gold medalist who was the face of the transgender movement until she announced she was Republican, at which point every Democrat who loved Caitlyn Jenner and was giving her awards was like, Get her out. Get her out of here. But here she is as a trans woman, meaning a biological man who's not actually a woman, uh, flat out saying, uh, what every Republican woman just said, clip 27. Now comes along Joe Biden and Title IX. Joe Biden wants to change Title IX. Title IX was about fairness in sports. And all of a sudden, he wants to change it, not as a women's movement, because Title IX was great for women. So many scholarships, it lifted women's sports. But he wants to change it to just, not women, but just your gender identity. It's totally wrong. And what was amazing about this legislation when it went through, it was bipartisan. Every Republican in the House agreed with it. Every Democrat voted against women. And what is she saying? Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay, we're the party of women. We protect women. No, no, you protect people who vote the way you say it. But when it comes to biological women, you've thrown that out the window. In the modern Democratic Party, if you get 100 on a biology test, you're considered a transphobe. Okay, but they're fine with throwing biological men into the pool with women, just like they did with Leah Thomas, because they don't care about women. And here's a newsflash. They don't care about trans women. If you don't believe me, ask Caitlyn Jenner. The only thing they care about is women who see it their way.
A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the action film that identifies as number one at the box office. Sylvester Stallone is Tranbo. We can't change what we are. The woke military forced an elite commando to switch genders. I didn't want this! They took his nuts. But now he wants them back. You know where they are. Find them. Or I'll find you. Tranbo. Nothing is weird if you don't believe me. Now playing in liberal theaters and coming soon to a women's swimming race near you. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Head down to the multiplex, watch Sylvester Stallone in Tranbo. (laughs) What a silly time. The world's on fire. We're having a party over here. That's the hook. Greg Stubbe, he is the face of the legislation. Just passed in the House of Representatives, 219 to 203. Every single Republican voting to protect biological women. Democrats, the party of women is what we're told day in and day out. Not one Democrat voting to protect women's sports. Worth worth noting, if for no other reason than hello, you know, the Democrats, every single time an election rolls around, Say, oh, we got to look out for the ladies. Come on. My body, my choice. You know, unless there's a vaccine involved, in which case you can shut up about your body. It's Pfizer's choice. (laughs) That's the scam. We're going to get into it with Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida when we come back right here on the big bed, one and only Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. There's so many nice things you could say about this next guest, but I'm going to focus on one. Uh, When it comes to watching sports, he's kind of old-fashioned. He believes men should compete against men. Women should compete against women. A little bit of a throwback. Uh, We're talking about the superstar representative from the 17th Congressional District of Florida, Representative Greg Stubbe. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? I mean, very old-fashioned of you to make the boys swim in the boys' pool. What the hell's going on, Stubby? Yeah, I, I know. It's a crazy idea, right, <laughs> that um, now suddenly you just identify as a woman and you can play any sport you want. And what was shocking to me with the vote on Friday, this really genuinely surprised me. Mm-hmm. Not a single Democrat in the House. Yep. Oh, we lost Stubby for a minute. Did you mute your phone? All right, that was a good cliffhanger. He goes, not a, I, I think he's going to say when we reestablish the connection, voted for the bill. But what if it's, like, mysterious? He's <laughs> like, not a single Democrat in the House likes puppies or something crazy. <laughs> not a single. We brought a puppy to the vote. Forget we all know how they voted, but we brought a puppy and not a single Democrat. <laughs> not good. Right, we'll reestablish that connection. We're talking to Representative Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida. Uh, it's joining us here on Fox Across America. Live radio. Things go on, and that's what makes it exciting. This is what makes me like going on the road and doing stand-up, by the way. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Stubby, it was such a good cliffhanger because we literally lost you, as you said, not a single Democrat in the House. The suspense is riveting. Give it to me. <laughs> not a single Democrat in the House. 
voted to protect women's sports, which means every single Democrat thinks it's okay to force biological men into your daughter's locker room. I mean, just think about that for a second. Like, wrap your head around how far we've come as a country under Joe Biden, where he has infiltrated every aspect of the federal government with trans speak. It's just it just blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And, you know, to be clear, I would actually semi support this if I could gamble on it. Like, I don't want the boys changing with the girls, but I was talking about this earlier. You remember the movie Rocky Three? Okay. If Mr. T changes his name to Mrs. T and fights Adrian, the Democrats are okay with that. Yep, 100%. That is yeah. Yeah, I put I put my money on Mrs. T. <laughs> Mrs. I got to tell you, she I don't know what it is, but it makes me think Mrs. T. She just she looks sharp hitting that heavy bag. You know, I, I got to tell you, Stevie. I put my money on the girl with the thirteen size shoe. <laughs> We're laughing, but we have to. I mean, there's no other way to really highlight the ridiculousness of this, but to laugh at it. And the problem is, okay, they're racing women, and we know this is true. Like. Title, the Title IX protections are out the window if girls are now yeah. competing for scholarships against guys. And we know that to be true. So, I well, mean, the timing of all of this is interesting, too, because mm-hmm. the Biden administration just updated new rules through the Department of Education that would force changes of Title IX and allow biological men, or they call them trans men or trans mm-hmm. women, into women's sports all across the country. So, like, it's time that we Americans, true, and this is like a 70 to 80 percent issue across political spectrum. Mm -hmm. This is not like we're not in the minority on this issue. And the Biden administration is shoving it in our face and pushing these rules through. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We're talking to Florida Representative Greg Stubbe from the 17th Congressional District. It's weird to me because it almost looks like. They're just trying to mobilize like another lane. You know how the Democrats used to get things done by just yelling that we were all a bunch of racists and enough people would be like, I don't want that kind of blowback. I guess I'll just agree with the Democrats. On some level, it feels like they're trying to run on this transphobia card when everyone in the country, especially on the conservative side, is like, hey, do what you want. Just don't do it to little kids. Don't erase women. If you want to be trans as an adult, fine. But we're just trying to protect the women's lane. And I think the children's lane, which again to them, and you could speak to this a little bit. If you're giving a five-year-old kid the opportunity to make permanent life-altering decisions, you're be like you're neglecting the child's well-being. Are you not? Oh, I think that's child abuse. I mean, I, I, if if you are allowing minors and and letting them make the own decision without parents being involved, even if parents are involved, I don't think you should allow any type of gender reassignment sh- surgery for minors. Period. Nope. And and they're forcing that agenda. On the American people as well. Yeah, it's it, that is barbaric to me. And you know what's funny? That the Democrats will talk about, well, you know, we get the support from the medical community and the pharmaceutical community. Yeah, because they're getting rich off these kids. If you get in a, a gender reassignment, yeah, you get in a surgery, you're getting a lifetime supply of meds. People are making a lot of money. And it's amazing because what they do is they accuse you of not caring about these kids as they're literally upending the rest of their existence. It's a projection and it's a scam, but it's a well-paying scam because there's so much money in this. Well, and it's exactly what you said. We're not, instead of using the racist rhetoric, now it's we're transphobic rhetoric. And you should have heard the Democrats on the floor. It's all, why do you hate trans kids? Mm-hmm. And I, last time I looked, Leah Thomas 
who beat out women for for mm. swimming does not look like a child to no. me. <laughs> uh, he is a full grown man, but they try to make it this emotional argument that we are transphobic and we don't want these trans kids to have opportunities. And I've said they have plenty of opportunities. They play in the sport that they were born in their biological sex. Yeah. So if they want to play baseball, they go play on the men's team if they're a biological male. If mm-hmm. they're a woman, they go play on the softball team. It's very simple. We're not telling them they can't participate in athletics. We're just telling them they can't go yeah. against women if they're a biological male. I mean, and, and honestly, it's it's so reasonable because look at it this way. I mean, you wouldn't let an 18-year-old kid compete in sixth grade baseball if he identified as a sixth grade baseball player, you know, because he'd have a huge advantage in terms of throwing the ball and hitting the ball. But no one wants to have that conversation. But here's the thing I was going to ask you. I think a lot of Americans, including Republicans, would also support if the trans athletes just wanted to compete in their own trans athletes division. So you have a male athlete, a female athlete, but then there's a trans athlete. So you're a men, you're men who pretend to be women and you compete against each other. But they wouldn't allow that because that's tolerance. And they they don't actually want tolerance. They want to claim that there's intolerance. So is that why they fight so hard to get biological men into women's sports, do you think? It's, it's got to be part of it is, mm. that, is this ideology that we're going to force this progressive leftist ideology on the American people, despite the fact that 80 percent of Americans don't agree with it, don't support it, don't think it's equitable. Mm-hmm. And then the undermining – and this is what's just so fascinating to me too, and I said this on my speech on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like you are undermining women's equality and women's ability under Title IX that Congress created for women over 50 years ago. Yeah. But they don't care about that. So the party that you know says that they support women is actually – going against women by women by allowing biological men to compete with them on the on the playing field. It's it is bananas. We're talking to Florida representative Greg Stubbe. Um by the way, I meant to ask how are you uh, recuperating since your wife had you pushed off the roof of your house? <laughs> She's sitting right next to me, too. Yes, she is. I'm telling you, Stuby, I don't try. I love my wife. She's the best thing about me. But I'm telling you, I took out too much life insurance. Every suggestion is like parasailing, cliff diving. Don't trust them, Stuby. Well, and I keep I keep telling her that, see, I still don't remember anything. Uh-huh. So she very well could have been underneath that ladder and kicked it right out from <laughs> I would remember. If you go look at the family browser history from that day, there's probably like local Ferrari dealerships. She was looking at cars. She's like, I'm telling oh, you, I'm going to wax stupid. Check that out. I'm yeah. laughing. Uh, give me one other top. I'm doing great. Yeah, good. Getting better and, and healing every day. All right. No, that makes me happy to hear. You know we're rooting hard for you. Uh, last question. Why is this the week? I understand there's a strong case to be made for a Donald Trump presidency, but why did everybody in Florida go Trump this week? Yourself, Byron? and everybody made this the week? Well, part of it was because the DeSantis team started, like, pinging people. Oh, Now, I've never had a conversation with any of them. Um, I've never had a conversation with Governor DeSantis about, like, he's ever reached out to me. When I've tried to reach out to him to discuss issues, I I don't get a response. Um, And suddenly his team is suddenly reaching out. So I think it was really their team trying to push people because – DeSantis was going to be in uh, Washington this past week, and he was. Mm-hmm. I've always supported the president. I've always been, been Team Trump. I was kind of waiting until things started working out. We have a governor who hasn't even announced that he's running for president. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't really think that the timing needed to happen. Yeah. But as soon as I got uh, involved and, and announced my support for the president, then Vern Buchanan did, then Gus Filarakis did, then John Rutherford did, then Brian Mastin, and it kind of 
had this flurry of activity because there was so much focus, I think, this past week on those two races. Okay, so you're basically in a roundabout way. They were looking for an answer, and now you've become a trendsetter. That's what you're telling me? I, I, there's certainly no, certainly no circumstance that suddenly five more members decided to get on. Yeah. Corey, Mills, and Byron got on a couple of days before, mm-hmm. and there was all this chatter about it. And um, I felt like it was a good time for me to get involved and had the opportunity to spend some time with President Trump last night. And we'll be with him in Fort Myers uh, tonight for their Lincoln Day. Oh, there you go. A- absolutely cool. And la- I will tell you this, last but not least, I was hosting uh, – I was guest hosting on TV on the TV side last week. And I had Byron was in the studio, and he brought his mom along for the ride, and she heckled us. Does Mrs. Donalds come to the chamber and heckle you guys? <laughs> I have not met her, so <laughs> she's really to... sweet. She's super, super Donald's sweet. Mom, yes, you? Donald's mom was at Fox. She did Hannity. She did Kennedy. I was guest hosting Kennedy. I was on both shows with him, and his mom's like the sweetest woman you'll ever meet in your life. And uh, she was in the studio. Yeah, she was busting our chops. It was great. So if you see him, say hello. Uh, but this is all good newsworthy well, stuff. Stay safe. Stay off the roof if your wife's around. We'll talk soon. Stay off the ladder. <laughs> See you, man. <laughs> there he right. goes. The great representative Greg Stubbe from the 17th Congressional District of Florida. So in summation, basically the DeSantis team as doesn't – man, this is – it's wild because that really does parallel with a lot of what I have read in the media this week. You know, DeSantis hasn't declared his candidacy yet but because they're trying to shore up their support behind the scene with donors and members of Congress and everything in between. And it sounds like his team, according to Stubbe – was pushing congressmen to get on the record as endorsing DeSantis without having even talked to DeSantis, which i got to be honest with you. Uh, that's a little nervy if it's true. I'm not throwing my weight behind it being true because I don't have the full context of what went on or what the reach out in- entailed. But it would be a little nervy if you've never talked to the guy before and they're just reaching out like, hey, endorse my guy. You know, that sounds like, you know, they think they're in a much better position than they happen to be in is what I would think. Get him out of here. Get him out. I don't know that they will get him out, but that is uh, newsworthy to me. That's why you listen to Fox Across America. When we're not accusing people's spouses of trying to kill them, we're getting breaking news surrounding the endorsement cycle in the 2024 election, and we will continue to break that news after this. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'll tell you what, if you're going to host a late night show, you don't need Michelle Obama if you got Kat Timp and Lauren Simonetti. Jimmy Fallon, guest hosting Gutfeld the other night, beat Jimmy Fallon and Michelle Obama by almost a million people. Is that what a country? I mean, come on, man. That is unbelievable, is it not? I mean, holy heck, just think about that for a second. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Well, apparently there were a lot of those ignorant beeps, uh, because they were watching me and not your wife, homie. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. What a week. What a week. Beat the old first lady. That's crazy. It's pretty crazy to think. When they launched The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, I was a cab driver doing stand-up, and myself and a guy you've probably heard of by the name of Tom Shalhoub, the great Tom Shalhoub, who does the best Biden impression anywhere in America. He's also the only, only guy doing one because late-night comedy is dead on other networks because they don't want to make fun of a Democratic president. Do you realize the gold mine this nation is not properly mining? 
during the Biden presidency by making everything about the former president, by making everything about Republican voters, instead of going after a guy this stupid? A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. Or how about like a woman like Kamala Harris, who's your vice president? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. I mean, but understand how ridiculous these people are. You know, you've watched Biden. It's one of the funniest things in the world. He finishes speeches and shakes hands with invisible people. Dude, it's pretty good terrain for comedy. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. You can't. Okay, there was the famous moment where he spoke to a dead person, the late, great Jackie Walorski, six months after she had died. Biden's up at the podium. Where's Jackie? Is she here? I want to talk to Jackie. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? And they're not touching that. They're not touching that because that's how partisan they've become. But it's the reason Greg kicks their ass or even I kick their ass on a night I guest host is because we're doing real late night comedy. We'll make fun of anything, but most importantly, we'll make fun of ourselves. See, the problem with the left is they can't make fun of themselves. They don't take themselves too seriously. As comedians, they think their jokes are somehow saving the world as they hemorrhage viewers one Trump joke at a time. Okay, and that's the problem is that comedy jokes, they're a trap door. You, in order to get the person to laugh, in order to you know drop them down the chute, they have to not know where it's going to open and why and how. You know, if the trap door opens but somebody's five feet away or they see it coming, they're not going to fall down the chute. That spontaneity is gone. If you turn on Stephen Colbert, highest streaming show in Guantanamo Bay, you know every second joke is going to be Trump. All right, not all Trump. There's going to be a Melania. You know what I mean? There's going to be a Pence. There's going to be all, it's all going to be Trump, 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 Trump. So there's, it's all, you know, so predictable. Late night TV on other channels has become group therapy for self-hating white people. The reason we're winning on Gutfeld is you just don't know where we're going to go. But nine times out of ten, it's going to be funny. Eight times out of ten. All right, I'm not sitting through one of these. But here is another, when you talk about a missed opportunity, here's Kamala. Just listen to this montage. This is Kamala Harris, okay, who is inspiringly stupid in that she speaks in so many crazy redundancies. She deploys some of the same speech mechanisms over and over and over again. I say inspiringly stupid because you could be anything if she can be vice president. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that. Unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be. Unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be. Unburdened by what has been. To see what can be. Unburdened by what has been. (laughs) Listen, I'm heading out to the Bananas Comedy Club. I got three shows. Tonight, tomorrow, it's going to be a banger. I don't know where you're going to be. But I hope you're bare able to be 
unburdened by what has been. As Kamala Harris just said 75 times, this is... <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody! We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just... They're not respecting our country the way they used to. And how could you expect them to? My goodness gracious. The shot's over, but man, the world will remain on fire until Monday. I hope you get out there and roast a couple of marshmallows on the blaze. We'll see you back here Monday morning. Until then, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.